A couple of things to talk about, as you know and have been hearing on the news, the decampment is continuing. Vancouver police on scene uh, on a stretch of East Hastings Street, removing tents that have been in that neighbourhood for quite some time. We're also going to touch on something we talked about when it first came to light from Vancouver City Council, and that was this idea of following the code of conduct that is in place at Council to be able to access grant money. But some questions being raised about that, if that means that anybody that criticizes the current council, if they will be left out of those funding decisions. Well, joining me now is Amanda Burroughs, Interim Executive Director with the First United Church Community Ministry Society. Amanda, thank you so much for taking some time today. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, before we get to the the concerns about this new council policy, uh, because it is happening now, I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about the camps being removed, the tents being removed, and what kind of an impact do you think that's going to have on that stretch of East Hastings? Well, the decampment that's happening right now is absolutely antithetical to what we want to do when we want to provide housing for people on the downtown east side. I mean, I'm actually at the UBCM conference right now where the hashtag is and the name of the conference is Housing BC Together. We're actually decamping um, housing in BC together. And I just really think that it goes against the values of compassion and dignity that so many of our new policy plans that have been dropped from levels of government are stating. And I, I, I just think that it's actually, it's pretty hypocritical. Right. How do you think it could be handled better then, given that, that I think people will agree that it's not, uh, even if, if you don't completely buy the safety argument. It, it's not a solution. It's not a preferred way for people to be living. So how do you how do you think it could be handled differently? So yeah, an encampment is a direct result of government's failure of policy to provide adequate housing. So when we have a lack of adequate housing stock that is safe, permanent and secure, encampments happen and they happen regionally and they happen across the country. And so until we do prioritize and we prioritize based on our political will and we prioritize based on our funding, we have to provide housing. Otherwise, we have to then meet the needs through human rights lens of these folks living in these encampments to make them safer. There are low-hanging fruit interventions that we could do to provide safer spaces for these spaces of encampments. So using the public safety argument which you know of course like fire safety that is something that we are super aligned with we do not want to see fires down there but there are harm reduction methods to intervene into those conversations by producing like fire safety training for instance but there are other um, ways and supports to intervene into this rather than an inhumane approach to decamping people and not offering adequate housing solutions one person even said that they feel like they're being like disappeared. I mean, in Vancouver, that's how we're treating our citizens. It just does not sit well with so many of us down there. I know as well that, that SROs certainly aren't the, the answer and they're not the solution, but they are part of this and they are, they are something that has been used for housing. Is it a failure as well, do you think, that, that through whether it's lack of inspection or lack of enforcement, so many of the SROs have been allowed to fall into such states of disrepair that people are choosing, saying that it is safer and cleaner to live in a tent on the street than in one of those units? Yeah, of course. I think that what happens in some SROs, they can be inadequate housing, unsafe, unclean. People don't want to live in them. And again, that is a direct result of policy failures over the last decades, 
as we've approached these problems with the lens that's not working. Uh, Amanda, I want to shift a little bit and talk as well. This is something that uh, I know you have written about. Uh, there is an opinion piece in the Vancouver Sun as well. We talked about this uh, when Dan Fomano wrote about it last week also. Uh, this this uh, idea that criticism or uh, anything that kind of falls outside of the, the workplace policy at the city of Vancouver that could get in the way of groups like yours getting grant money. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Many. Um, I think criticism is respectful. I think living in a democracy such as we do allows a space and a place to have that type of dialogue to, you know, truth to power, um, check power, et cetera, and so forth. So being able to then come up as a nonprofit where we meet a need where other sectors such as government cannot, and to be able to call into question policy decisions like the one that we're seeing enacted today with the decampment is part of the work it is part of the work it is part of the service delivery and we want to do systems change work which means getting into that policy trying to shift and get into that social change by looking at the root cause of problems when you look at root causes of problems you have to bring the government into that conversation as well with their policy decisions so it is all part of the civic discourse it is respectful and we totally align with that type of i guess you could say code of conduct in our conversation i think today i'm being critical of government, but I think I'm doing it in a quote-unquote respectful way. And in our democracy, I should be allowed to and actually encouraged to. Uh, are you fearful, though, that the comments even that you're making today could come back or that they could be influential on future council decisions about grant money? No. <laughs> and I'm not because... I actually do believe that there are enough resources to share. And especially in the nonprofit sector, we need to stop being pitted against each other to compete for the small amount of dollars that are allocated to us. So if we had any sort of punitive action that came out of this, um, you know, I would find, I would find uh, funding elsewhere because that's also my skill set to do. Other, other nonprofits and other of my colleagues who don't feel as comfortable or competent to speak out, um, I'm sitting in this place of privilege that I feel like I can as well. So a lot of people, um, you know, I recognize the risks for sure. But a lot of my colleagues, you know, don't feel like they can speak out. And that is just not, that stifling and silence is not the way that we want to be showing up in this city or this country. Right. And do you think, too, did it start with, uh, I know uh, there was a lot of discussion about Van Du getting uh, city grant money in the past and, and how that one organization was using the grant money. Do you think this is kind of the, the, the council or, or the city looking at that and trying to find a way that, that the, the money is used specifically for what it's supposed to be used for? Yeah, I mean, everybody likes conversations around impact and accountability, but the Van Du um, conversation is, is two different ones. The contract that they received last summer is very different from the grant denial of $7,500 to do their art program that they've done year after year. And I think those two conversations are separate. Um, I can't speak on their behalf, but I, I view those as separate. And I, I view the $7,500 one comes across like a punitive um, discipline on the way that they, because they're so, they're activists, they're, they organize, they're hypercritical as, as they need to be. We need voices and stuff like that. So I do feel like that was a reaction, but I can't speak into the contract one. I think those are two separate 
right. conversation. Yeah, no, I, w- I would agree with you on that uh, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, do you think this is going to, to be difficult, though? Like you said, there might be, while you're comfortable talking about this, there will likely be other groups that will look at this and think twice and maybe not be critical, and that is going to stifle some of those conversations. Well, and then, well, then this is what we always have to do when we're in positions of power and privilege. And we do have to open up this conversation so more people feel emboldened and empowered to do so as well. I, I do, admittedly, I'm at the UBCM Summit for Housing, surrounded by elected officials, um, standing in a quarter doing this interview with you. I'm not fully 100% confident, you know, like I, I do feel, um, yeah, like this, this is taking um, personal courage too. Um, yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking some time from the conference. And you're right, there's a certain (laughs) irony that you were at this housing conference while all of this is happening in the city, especially today. Amanda, I won't take up any more of your time, but thank you so much for taking that time out of your day to chat with the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, always a pleasure. Have a wonderful day.